with you. Holidays in our family are typically some of the most tension-filled times. Honestly, some of the biggest domestics in our marriage have happened historically on holiday. You know, one year we were on holiday and we'd gone to Turkey. And um, you know what? We really thought that we're going to go big this year. We're going to go crazy. We're going we're gonna to go like, we, we, I love scuba diving and, you know, I love that whole thing. It's absolutely brilliant. But we weren't able to do that with the kids. So what we did is we thought we're going to invest wisely. So we, we bought these really professional snorkeling masks and mouthpieces. We went to a really like pro snorkeling shop. You may have heard of it. It's called Sports Direct. And um, we went in there. And we got everybody kitted out with all of this breathing gear and we're like, this is going to be incredible. So we headed off to Turkey and that's what we did for like days. We just snorkeled in the ocean. One particular day, it was sort of like before everybody would use their iPhone to video everything. We had one of these um, underwater video cameras. I don't know if you even remember these things, but like they had like a viewfinder on the side that would flip out. And at the end of the night, you would always kind of like watch back the day's footage. Well, this one particular day, Emma was in charge, my wife, of the video camera, and it was her responsibility to capture all of our family's most memorable moments of the trip. So she was on duty with that video camera. I was going snorkeling, so it was a great opportunity for her to just get some family footage. You know, she probably had been using that thing for the best part of about an hour and when I came in, I said, you know, hey, did you get some footage? And she's like, yeah, I got some footage. We'll watch it back later when we get into the apartment. I was like, that's awesome. And, and that night, literally, we'd all gather around, you know, because um, nobody had a big TV in those days that you, that you could all watch. And it was like, you'd just flip the viewfinder out and it'd be this tiny, like, screen on the side of the camera. And, and like, Emma's parents were on holiday with us and the kids were there. And we'd, we'd all gather around this viewfinder in the camera to watch back the day's recordings. And this one day that Emma had been in charge of doing all the videoing, she was like, oh, I've got some great footage of you snorkeling today, babe. I was like, oh, thanks, hon, that's amazing. And we get the viewfinder out and we're all watching this footage and there's me, like, in the ocean, snorkeling myself away. And literally, right, at one point, I kind of, like, stand up out the ocean. I didn't quite flick back my golden hair, but I stood up. <laughs> and Emma says to me, she goes, you're looking good, babe. And I'm going, no Netflix tonight, right? And then literally, as I start to walk out of the beach, we're all watching this thing on the viewfinder, and she leans over and she says to me, yeah, your chest's looking good, babe. I'm thinking like, definitely no Netflix tonight, right? And then, as my waist started to come out of the waterline, I could see that the guy had purple shorts on. And I was wearing green shorts. She'd been filming the wrong guy for like an hour and then complimenting the size of his chest. I mean, honestly, sometimes I feel relationally like we are absolutely hopeless, especially my wife. <laughs> but you know, I think the bottom line is for each and every one of us, we all know what it's like at times to feel that sense of being in a situation where it just feels like all hope has gone. It just feels like things have got hopeless overnight. And often it's not even something that you've chosen. It's not really as a direct responsibility for something that you've made a bad decision on. It's just kind of the way that life has happened around you. It's the way in which the cards have been played to you in life. And it's just created this situation, this circumstance where it can feel like things have got hopeless for you. And you know, 
For as much as we love Christmas, and many of you will be having a phenomenal Christmas, and we're so glad about that, we also understand that in this season as well, for many, it's the most challenging and difficult season because everything kind of comes to the forefront. At this time of year, this is the time when your hopelessness situations that are in your world feel way bigger and way worse than maybe they actually are or they actually did a few months back. It's kind of like it's the time of the year where most people start to evaluate where they are at in life and where they're not at in life. And that creates this tension and this frustration because you feel like I'm just not where I thought I would be come this time of the year. And it creates this stress and this anxiety and it's upsetting. And what's often upsetting with seasons that feel like just hopeless situations is the fact that you don't feel like you've got any options. It kind of feels to you like we just, we've not got many moves to play. And maybe you've either got zero options, like there's just nothing you can do, or the options that you do have are just so unrealistic, you know that no good or no benefit is actually going to come out of it. So this lack of options that are available to us just exasperate our feeling and sense of just being hopeless in this season. And we get hopeless for all kinds of reasons. For parents, it's so easy sometimes to feel like everything that's going on with your children right now is just, it's just hopeless. Maybe you've got the teenage son or the teenage daughter, and for whatever the reason, you know, they're just traveling a path in life that you're like, why are they doing that? Why are they making those decisions? And the crazy thing is, is they're making exactly the same mistakes and decisions that you made when you were their age, but you've tried to speak into their life and they're just not open to that because, hey, no teenager really wants to listen to their mum and dad. And this creates more tension. And now there's this life journey that they're on that feels like they're heading for a train wreck and you can't stop it. And when they're at home, there's more tension and there's more grief and there's stress and there's anxiety. And it's so easy to feel like, you know, your relationship as a mum or as a dad with your child is just kind of hopeless. It's easy to feel like no matter what you do, there's no way of reaching into their world. It's so easy at this time of year, and many of us will face this, this sense of like financial pressure, this sense of having to keep up with the Joneses, and then this frustration comes in because you're not in life where you wanted to be, and financially things haven't gone the way this year that, that in the way that you'd have hoped. Maybe the pay rise didn't come in. Maybe the move up the career ladder didn't happen, and it just feels like this is just crazy. Maybe the business hasn't really gone the way that you had hoped. I mean, at the start of the year, you had great plans that this was the year that the business was going to take off. But actually, at the end of the year, in contrast to the start of the year, it feels like things have actually they've just got worse. And you're like, it just feels completely and utterly hopeless. And you've tried to do this and you've tried to do that. And now it feels like you haven't got any options left. It just feels hopeless. You know, for some of us, we know what it's like to struggle with health, you know, and it feels to you like the doctors may be giving you a report or they've told you about life changes that you've got to make, maybe even some medication that you've now got to be on and how it's going to alter and change. And you're going to have to make these adaptations to your life now. And you're like, well, when did that happen? When, when did we become that family that's now having to battle illness? When did health become such a big issue? And it feels like there just aren't many options it feels like there's just no real good way to turn and whatever you do, no good could possibly come out of it. I mean, relationally, people struggle all the time, especially around this time of the year. I mean, marriages that started off so strong are often riddled with the most tension around the Christmas period. 
And then that causes you to think like, well, did I make a mistake? Because how can we have been so in love back then, but now it feels like we're just living two completely different lives. I mean, like, when did that even happen? And as far as your husband goes, or as far as your wife goes, to you, it just feels like the whole setup now is just completely and utterly hopeless. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's no choices. There's no options available to you. It just, it's depressing almost. It causes this stress. It causes this anxiety. It causes this sense of, I can't even sleep at night. My heart's beating super quick all the time. I can't calm down. And everything just feels hopeless. I didn't see the end of the year going the way that it has. Do you know one of the reasons why I absolutely love scripture is even though these documents that were written thousands of years ago that for many of us, we could incorrectly assume that they have no relevance to us today. One of the reasons why I absolutely love scripture is actually what you can find contained within them are people whose lives are so similar to ours. I mean, people whose story of their life would say that they have gone through so many similar things and so many of the stresses and the tensions and the anxieties that we deal with and wrestle with, well, they know exactly what that's like because they have dealt and wrestled with them too. You know, perhaps in the Christmas story, and it is Christmas, so we should talk about the Christmas story, right? Perhaps there's one individual, one character who probably doesn't get the amount of profiling that I think that maybe he should do. He doesn't always get the credit that, that really he deserves. And that's Joseph. Joseph was the guy that was betrothed to marry Mary. And he was the guy that literally on one day, he had his entire world turned upside down. He was destined to marry Mary, the love of his life. And he literally within the blinking of an eye, found himself in what he must have thought was a completely hopeless situation. So let's check out the start of his story. We're going to go to Matthew 1. We're going to read from verses 18 through 21. This is what it says. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant. This is where everyone goes, uh-oh. This is where the carnage is about to happen. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Without doubt, Joseph was thinking in that moment, yeah, right. But then verse 19, it tells us that Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Okay. Just kind of like put yourself into Joseph's shoes just for a, for a moment. Joseph, he's got all of his dreams and all of his incredible future mapped out right in front of him. Life is going awesome for Joseph. It's a time and a season in the life of Joseph and that of his future family that they were so excited about. And then literally one day he finds out that his girlfriend, his fiance, whom he had never slept with, is now pregnant. But well, you know what Joseph was thinking in that moment? He was the same, he was thinking exactly the same thing in that moment that you and I would think in that moment. You'd be like, immaculate conception by God, are you for real? I mean, seriously, Mary, what have you been doing? Who have you been doing it with? I mean, this is crazy. In that moment, all of Joseph's dreams were completely disappearing from him violently, quickly. We find out that Mary, who 
isn't even married yet, who is now pregnant, it, it means that it would just bring so much shame on her. This would be a huge embarrassment to Joseph. I mean, in this culture, this was a way, way bigger deal. I mean, this was huge. And actually, it kind of resulted in Joseph feeling like, I haven't got any options. This is a hopeless situation. Nothing good can ever come out of this. And that's something that we can all relate to, right? As you look back over the past 12 months, does anybody else know what it's like to go through something and you just say, I didn't see that coming? I have no idea now how I'm where I am because I, I didn't see that happening. And now it has, you feel like I just haven't got any options. Well, Joseph was in exactly the same boat. He was like, I don't even know what I can do here. Because the reality for Joseph was he had two options and neither of them were particularly very good. The first option that he had available to him, according to the old Jewish law, was that he could have had Mary taken outside of the city gates and he could have had her stoned to death. Because at the end of the day, she was his fiance. Now she's pregnant. It wasn't his child. He could have assumed the worst and simply had her stoned. The other option that he had either wasn't particularly great, but he could just divorce her. Not divorce in the sense that they were married, but because they were engaged, it was very similar to a legally binding contract. So there were some legal requirements that Joseph would have had to have undertaken in order to get free from the relationship. So now he's got two choices, have the girl killed or try and divorce her and break the legal contract quietly. Verse 19, it tells us that he was a good man. It tells us that he was an honorable, honorable man. So we know that he ends up to make this decision where he decides to simply divorce her quietly because he feels like his back's up against the wall. He feels like he's got no choices. He feels like it doesn't matter where he turns, nothing good is going to come out of this. And then God speaks to Joseph. And in verse 20, he says this. As he considered all of this, as Joseph is pondering on about how his future plans have all gone to ruin, as he's thinking about how Mary, his fiance, is now pregnant and he's not the father, as he's watching all of his dreams dissipate, he's considering all of this. He's in a low point, a down point, a broken moment. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of a sudden, when Joseph is probably on his worst day, in his worst moment, where he's most downcast, where he's most depressed, God sends an angel to speak to Joseph. And if we were to try and summarize what God was wanting to speak into Joseph's life, it was this. Joseph, on your worst day, in your worst moment, it's not as bad as you think. Like, Joseph, just, just calm right down for a moment, right? Just, just calm right down. In fact, Joseph was so down, he's fallen asleep, probably in some kind of attempt to just get free from the pain and the inner wrestlings that were going on in his spirit. And in that moment, God intervenes and he said, Joseph, 
you need to just calm yourself down because look, you might think that there are no other options on the table, but Joseph, you're mistaken. There is another way. Joseph, there are options available to you. Joseph, it's not what you think. It's not as bad as you think. You're assuming the worst, Joseph. You're not seeing anything positive coming out of this, Joseph. But the way that you see it, the way that you're looking on it, is not the way that I'm looking on it, Joseph. And you just need to not be afraid because here is another choice. I mean, can you imagine what Joseph is thinking when he wakes up? Because he will have been struggling so hard to even comprehend the idea that his girlfriend is now pregnant with a baby and that the Holy Spirit has like impregnated her. I mean, that sounds crazy. Joseph isn't going to believe that because none of his mates are going to believe that. Who is going to believe that? Joseph is not looking at this moment at all, thinking any kind of good at all could possibly come out of this. And in his worst moment, on his worst day, God whispers to his spirit, and he's like, Joseph, you don't need to be afraid. There is another option. There is another way. You can take Mary as your wife because this baby, this baby that's in Mary's womb right now, well, he is my one and only son, and he is my rescue plan for the entire world. And Joseph, if you choose to stick around and stay when everything within you wants to run, when everything that's within you wants to get away from this, if you choose to stick around and stay, then watch how I can turn something around that you thought was going to kill you and thought was going to destroy you and thought was going to be the ruining of you. You just watch and wait and see what I'm able to do through this child. And it's going to see your name written into the history books forever. He was saying, Joseph, this is not as bad as you think. You think that this is a terrible thing, Joseph, but it's not. You think that this is an awful thing, Joseph, but it's not. You think that this is the beginning of the end, Joseph, but it's not. Joseph, you think that this could be the worst possible case scenario for you, but it's not. You think that all hope is gone, but it's not. You think that you've got no options, but you have. You think that you've got no future and the future that you do have now is in tatters and now is in ruins, but it's not the case. It's not the way that it has to be. It may be the way that you see it, but it's not the way that it has to be. Your options aren't limited, Joseph. It's not as bad as you think because how you see it is not how I see it. So Joseph, can you just trust me and come on a journey for a moment because there are options. It's not as hopeless as you perceive it to be because that baby, is going to be the saviour of the world. That baby that you think is ruining your life, that baby, that circumstance, that set of situation that you've got going on, that you think is horrific, Joseph, no, no, you watch what I can see. You watch and see what I can do through this. And, you know, I guess that if we were to try and just kind of make this real and, you know, kind of bring this home a little bit, I mean, what does this even mean for us today? I mean, what lesson can we learn from that? You know, in the same way that God sort of spoke to Joseph and said, Joseph, you've got other options here. I think he would want to try and say the same thing to each and every one of us today. If you find your life is living in a place where you feel like you're just completely hopeless over whatever it is that's going on in your world, I think that God would want to speak into the depths of your soul and just say, hey, listen, it's not as bad as you think. 
Like you feel right now because of the way things have gone, that all hope has gone, that everything is, it's not as bad as you think. You feel like you've got no options, like you're hemmed in, like if you go left or you go right, you're heading toward destruction, like nothing good can come out of this. God's like, no, no, you don't see what I can see. I see the big picture. You see the part of the puzzle that you're playing with. I see it all. I've got a broad overview of everything that's going on around your life and in your life. He was like, listen, you don't need to live your life crushed and hurt by the disappointments that have come this year. If he were to speak into our heart today, I think he'd wanna say the same thing. You don't have to go depressed and go downcast by the way that 2018 has played out for you if you feel like you're in a situation that feels completely hopeless. You don't have to live life out that way. And the truth is the fact that when you're in those moments and you don't feel like you've got any realistic options, you're the same as me. You just go looking for any option. So now when you're in a hopeless situation, whether it be in work, with money, with your health, with your family, whether it's with your career, you know, you've made the choice that you now regret and you thought, I never thought it would go that way. This was going to be the career move that was going to get me up the ladder. This was going to see me move towards the promotion that I wanted. But actually it feels to you like it's just taking you way further back when you've got all that stuff going on. It's kind of like you start to consider other options. You start to go, well, hey, maybe I can just drink myself out of this problem. Or maybe I can just remain hooked on the prescription medication and maybe that will just give me some relief. Give me a sense of just break from all of the carnage that's going on in my thinking and all on in my life right now. But you know that they're not real options. You know that they'll only alleviate the pain for a brief momentary fashion. You know that that's not gonna solve or fix anything. But what if, in the same way that God was able to work all of this out for the good of Joseph, what if he were able to do that in your life also? You know, we're not going to go there, but there's a passage in the New Testament, a different part of the Bible, a scripture, and it kind of makes this really bold statement. But actually, I believe it's really true. It's a bold statement because it's made by a guy who's called Paul, and he talks about how God has the ability to work all things out for the good of those that love him. Like he's got this way that's at times really difficult for us to comprehend and understand, but God actually has a way, a system, a plan, a process where he's able to take all of the component parts of our life that we look upon and say, nothing good can ever come out of that. And he's able to interwork those elements together for your good. But it's not just for anybody, it's for the good of those that love him. I think that we could say it's for the good of those that follow him, that trust him, that believe in him, that have put their faith in him. God can work it all out for the good of those that love him. So I would want, as we close this morning, for our entire church family to simply Know the fact that no matter where life finds you this Christmas, no matter what hopeless situation you feel like you may be in, that there is another way, that there are options available for you. God can really make a way where you feel like there isn't a way. And can I just, here's our disclaimer, and then we're going to pray. But, but, but as a church, I don't feel like we've got all the answers 
Like, I, don't, I don't even want to put that pressure on us to even try and make out that we've got all of the fixes to some of life's biggest questions and biggest struggles. And you're like, well, why did this happen? Yeah, I don't know. Like, we don't put ourselves under that pressure. Neither would we want anybody or try to encourage anybody to look towards us and kind of go, well, what would you do? What would you do? Because honestly, we're all trying to figure this thing out in exactly the same way that you are too. But the one thing that we would encourage you to do we would encourage you to look towards the one that we point to. Don't look at us. Don't come expecting anything great from us because we've got nothing, but we serve a God who is strong and powerful and is able to work out all things for the good of those that love him. And if he's done it throughout history, if he's done it throughout the ages, if he was even able to do it in a story that absolutely represents a carnage-filled story, you know, a broken family in essence, that was what it was from the outset. A pregnant teenage fiance, a guy that now, it just seems crazy and unfair. If he can do it in that family unit, then I'm absolutely convinced that he can do it in your family unit also. God can give you options. We haven't got the options, but God can give you options. He can give you choices. Because the reason why he gave Jesus was so that you and I, every single one of us, non-dependent on what your background is or what your history is, that every single one of us that puts our faith and hope in Jesus Christ can have a hope-filled life. Not the hopeless way. Even though it feels hopeless at times, God gave Jesus so that we can know the Father. I mean, incredible, right? God gave Jesus Christ as his one and only son so that we can know him, walk with him be in relationship with him. It's not, a, it's not a key to a perfect life because we're all gonna go through stuff, but, but through the stuff that we go through, you can walk through it with a great sense of hope, knowing that God is for you. He is not against you. He's your biggest fan, cheerleader, supporter. He's not probably the God that you think that he is with the stick to beat you down and point out your problems and all the areas of life where you feel like you've screwed up and gone wrong. He's, he's not that God. He is the God of hope. He is the hope bringer. So may you know this Christmas that whatever challenges that you're facing, no matter where you feel like life has let you down, no matter where you feel like family and people and jobs and money and circumstances have let you down, let that area of your life be filled with hope because God really is the bringer of hope. And that's what happened when he gave Jesus Christ as his one and only son. So our prayer is this coming year as we close to 18 would be a hope-filled year for us all. Church, let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray.